Hey everybody, this is Future Chad. Just wanted to give you a quick disclaimer. Uh, Jeremiah and I were having some technical difficulties with our audio, and so this episode and, and part two with Armand Rosamelia does not sound ideal. So I just wanted you to be aware. I uh, hope you enjoy the show anyway. In this episode. An anthology from 95 is like the best of erotica. You know, all I, all, all I really uh, will say is that if that's the best of erotica, uh, erotica sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, Episode 13, Part 1, with guest Armand Rosamilia. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeremiah Bannister. And I'm Chad Lutsky. And you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. It's the podcast that tosses the film under the old Chase Lounge to discuss, psychoanalyze, and every once in a while to laugh at. And Chad, Dude, bro, we've had some pretty amazing guests the last uh, couple episodes here. And dude, we have not failed to deliver with this one. Yes, yes. Mr. Armand Rosamilio. He's an author who's written over 150 stories in the horror, contemporary, and thriller genres. He also has two podcasts, the Armcast podcast in the uh, Mondo Method with Chuck Buda, where they talk writing, publishing, and Armand's Funko obsession. Uh, he's also our boss here at, at Project Entertainment Network, so we have to kiss his butt. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, thanks for inviting me. It's an honor. He's a real taskmaster. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, to- total taskmaster. I mean, he's been totally all over us, man, about the commercial. <laughs> we yeah. feel terrible. He has not at all, man. You, sh- you should be on our butts about this. <sighs> you, know, you know, the funny thing about Armand's name is... It's super unique. You know, I, I share everything with my wife. She's like my biggest cheerleader. So she knows all of these people. I mean, I sometimes have to like, he's the guy that did this or the, it's the girl that did this. And, you know, it's a kind of re- reminder because there's so many names, you know, I share stuff with her. But the funny thing is when I first started like bringing Armand's name into conversation, I always said Armand Rosamilia because I love saying the whole name. So now it's a running joke in our house. If I forget and I'm just like, well, yeah, so Armand's coming on stage. She'd be like, who? who? Armand who? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Armand Rosalina. Which is funny because you are always in my house, me and Shelly. It's always Chad Lutzky. There's there's no Chad. And I don't even think we know another Chad, but it's still just (laughs) Chad Lutzky. I always wanted to be like the... uh, you know, like Cher or Madonna, where you just, that's all you need, man. It's just the, the one word. Or the artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. Like there's only one of those. I do want to remind people if they're listening right now, help give us some validation by subscribing or following or liking, etc. And if you really want to make a smile, visit Twitter or or YouTube or Instagram, Facebook, and click on everything that you're supposed to and yeah. all the platforms and uh, help spread the word. And it helps us sleep at night and makes us feel loved, you know? <laughs> feel loved. <laughs> yeah, it, it's our blankie. Every time we get a subscription, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe. We just, it's, it's nice and warm like a blankie. And make sure to check us out, man. Go over to Project Entertainment Network. Go to the dot com, man. There's a whole bunch. You know, it kind of it kind of blows my mind, Armand, all the time. That whenever I go there, 
uh, I grab pictures and stuff, you know, whenever we put a commercial spot at the end, a little promo at the end of the show. And I always go in there and I take, you know, pictures from the different podcasts. And I'm, I'm always thinking it is a really diverse cast for one. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of shows, right? And we have uh, over 30 podcasts now, and I'm adding more, too. It's just a matter of trying to find the podcasts that fit. And I'm selfish, so it's got to be podcasts that I actually like. Is there anything in particular, like a, a, a void that you're missing that you'd love for somebody to reach out? That ha- there, There's that? a couple. There's uh, I would love to have a true crime podcast. I think that would be uh, really well. I would also like to have more of a diverse group of hosts as well. And I'm not looking just to say, oh, well, uh, we have to have a specific, you know, thing. But I'm hoping that organically they see us and start coming to us. Because most of it is word of mouth from, from, you know, you guys and finding other podcasts that you work with and other people. And, um, you know, we just keep building it up. And uh, But, you know, true crime is a big one. Um, we will be adding a baseball one. Yes, or, man. Very, very soon. Actually, I will be working with that one. I am a, a member of the uh, International Baseball Writers Association. And, uh, and I mean, you're talking some, if you know baseball, there's some really big names. I mean, you've seen these guys on MLB Network and ESPN and stuff. And uh, I will be doing interviews with a lot of those oh. a lot of those people as a segment on that podcast. And we'll bring it into Project Entertainment Network because it just... It'll be, I think it'll be another great fit. See, I think that's so cool, man. That was when I was going through, you know, say with every guest, there's a lot of these people, a lot of the guests are people that Chad knows, uh, but that I've never met and I haven't read their books and things like that, which has been really awesome because now I'm buying all these books yeah. and uh, I have a couple people that are actually sending me stuff, you know? And so I really love that, you know, even, even a signed copy, uh, two of them actually. And so really exciting. But when I went into to your, uh, account there at Amazon, the author account, I was looking at all the different books that you've done, you know, and I, I saw the, the State of Horror series, and I thought that was cool, although you're missing Michigan, and it breaks my heart. Uh, but but you've got, of course, the Horror Writer, which is one of the things that I want to get, the Silver Scream. So I'm super interested in that, but I saw a view from my seat, and I thought, okay, what is this? Because it, it stood out, man. I was expecting, I was like, maybe, you know, because you, you've written so many things, you know, and I'm like, maybe he's got even a book about gardening or something <laughs> like something that's something that stands out, but there it is. Boom. Smack dab. And I said, and I, I went and I looked at it and I thought, I love that. I'm so pumped up about it. And because, you know, I'm, I'm nostalgic about baseball. I haven't watched it as much because we don't have TV anymore, you know, so I still catch it on highlights and stuff like that. I've collected cards, you know, so I have all these different baseball cards and stuff uh, from when I was younger and everything. And, I was going through and I was like, man, I was like, I'd love to pick his brain about, you know, what does he think about the historical rap, you know, kind of with with Ty Cobb? Does he think that Pete Rose has been out of the Hall of Fame long enough? You know, that kind of stuff. And I said, I'm not going to not going to push it on this show, but I'm I'm super pumped, man. You and I will do an entire show on that. And then me and Chad do an entire show on Cheap Trick and then we'll be good. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds awesome because, man, I'm telling you, I'd love to pick your brain. You know, when I was in when I was in journalism school, some of my friends were wanting to get into sports writing, and many of them have. Um, but I remember we went to a Tigers game, and they had us do the stats in real time. You know, we had the the printout and everything, and that that's it's laborious. I mean, I can imagine you know for people who that's what they love to do, they're there and they like to write down the stats. I had some friends that did that, uh, even just for fun. You know, 
Um, but mad props, man, to sports writers and, and the kind of knowledge that goes into it, you know, about uh, ERAs and everything else, you know, that they have this this ability to recall and play that game with those numbers, you know, and, and yeah. I love the debates. I love sports radio. So I, I'm all that to say, man, that really warms my heart, bud. Super pumped. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of I grew up in a family where even though I, I was born in New Jersey. I grew up where my, my mother and my brother were Yankees fans. I'm a Red Sox fan, and my dad's a Detroit Tigers fan. So, so yeah. it's like, you know, Red Sox, Yankees, Tigers uh, yeah. in the 70s. That was brutal. Uh, but in the game, in the book, we talk about all the different games. So we got to go to see uh, – we got to – my dad would woke us up literally on like on a Friday night, me and my brother and my mom. She, Let's go. We're driving to Detroit from New Jersey because Mark the Bird Fidgets – came off the DL and he's pitching yeah. and then we, we drive to that game. Um, you know, we, we, I was lucky enough to be at the pine tar game. If you know anything about baseball, the George Brett where the bat broke with it. We are right. And they, yeah. And, yeah, they, yeah, and they, they found out. Pine tar. Yeah. That, so that's I, so I, sad too. Yeah. 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 I detail a bunch of the different special games and stuff. And I took a road trip with my dad a few years ago and we hit like eight or nine games and stuff. So it's not only about the Jacksonville jumbo shrimp in the book. It's also about growing up you know, a baseball family. And I, I get to interview my mom and dad in the book, which is cool. And they're still arguing, you know. I won't say much more about this, um, but I'll, I'll just, I wanted to, for one, I think it's cool that you're you're a Jersey boy, man. I, I spent some time, I was in the Navy in Connecticut, and then I moved to New Jersey and I worked in the state capitol um, there in Trenton, and that's where we lived. And mm -hmm. so it was a really cool experience living in, in Jersey, much different um, from where I live now. But, you know, you mentioned the whole, Yankees and Red Sox thing. It's funny because when I was a kid, man, you know, I had like my, my parents would buy me the whole set of like tops. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, I'd have the complete set for numerous different years. And at the time, I was so young and my dad didn't like watching baseball. He said it was too slow and yet he watched golf. <laughs> so I always <laughs> thought that was hilarious. You know what I mean? I, I love golf too, but I'm like, uh, uh. so the thing is, is that uh, I, I based my my idea off of who I liked really off of jerseys. And so when I was a kid, you know, mm -hmm. I'd see their jerseys and I'd be like, oh man, that looks so cool. Or I'd see a really cool, a really cool player. I used to play this game where, where I'd lay the cards out and I'd flick them. So I wasn't even yeah. taking good care of the cards. Yeah, we all, I, we all did that. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I had Roger Clemens rookie card just crinkled up like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I look back now and it's so iconic, this, this picture. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I, I'd be worth a fortune. Um, you know, but I, I loved the Red Sox, the Yankees and the Tigers. And I, and I didn't know of the rivalry. I didn't know. So then when I got old enough where they'd be like, what are your favorite teams? And I would say my favorite teams, people were like, you're lying. <laughs> like, no, I, I do. And then I figured it out. And I, if I had to pick, I, I'd go with the Yankees. You know, I've been to the stadium a, a couple different times, loved it. Was there in my Navy uniform and stuff during fleet week. And so. But anyway, all of that, dude, I'm just really cool to be able to talk to you about, about baseball. It's weird hearing uh, Armand dropped a couple of names that really, uh, you know, I haven't really thought about baseball for a long time. I grew up, uh, you know, I went to some Tiger games with my dad and he was, a, so it's one of those things where it was like, I liked baseball because my dad liked baseball, right. but it wasn't something I sat around and watched. I did play for six years and one of my first mitts was a George Brett mitt. And I yeah. just remember that also I had a, uh, Fidrich poster in my bedroom that I 
Oh wow! Completely forgot I had in the in the late seventies until you just said that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just some of those early, you know, um, Gibson, Kurt Gibson, bro, Kurt Gibson yeah. with Alan, the with the arms up, Alan Trammell. Oh and, yes, uh, dude. Yes, old, old schoolers. Yeah, I got to see him play. But again, it, you know, sports was always one of those things where I would try it. And like I said, I, I played baseball for six years, and it was just it always felt like one of those things where I never belonged because I was into like heavier music or. Uh, horror movies and you know monsters yeah. and you know stuff that you know where everybody else was like this jock and i just didn't and then once i started growing my hair out um things started to get even weirder where it was like i didn't feel like i belonged at all so i ended up just quitting in any kind of sport so yeah. it felt awkward but yeah i, I, I never i never I, I mean we played you know i i grew up on a dead end street so we had tons of kids that played i never played any organized or anything uh, what's great now is my wife is totally into it and she hated she she grew up in you know down here in jacksonville florida and her family was not into sports at all and when we started going to the jacksonville games and she started i would tell her oh you know because i'm I, like a guy would come out like, from the other team and i'd be like all right here's the number two prospect for the angels you know i, I knew all I, you know i still i knew all that and she got excited for that and we we started we worked with the booster club helping the players when they went on the road. Cause these guys aren't making, they're making about a thousand dollars, $1,200 a month and only for like six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started packing snack bags and drinks and stuff for when they went on the road. And uh, last year I took over as the booster club president. And so we would throw picnics for the players. And we had at any given time, we had three players that were living with us, which is really neat. So a couple of the guys have gone on to the major leagues now uh, they're playing on other on other teams, but it's it's neat that I get to send a guy. You know, Kyle Keller's got signed by the and traded to the Angels, and he's you know he's one of their relievers, and we get to send him a message, or he sends us a message on our birthdays, and we still keep in touch. And it's just really neat to get to know these guys when they're you know when they're that young, and uh, and and as they you know move up and stuff, it's great. What turned uh, Shelly onto baseball then was it like? the social things that she started to do and the being able to participate things, or was it the actual game? You know, at first it was just the social part and it was the history. It was uh, me explaining to her the players or, or, you know, who, who's what, or, and actually the game, you know, she had no idea what was going on on the field. And I would explain to her the nuances and the, you know, the hit and runs and the steals and pitches, pitch outs and, you know, uh, Hitting the cutoff, man. I mean, all this the little stuff that you don't really pay attention to. So, I mean, she's to the point now where she's like, he's got to throw a fastball, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she, she, she really gets it, which is really, which is really neat. So, and she enjoys. I mean, we, she's come to me and said, you know what? Let's we have we've never been to Birmingham. Let's go to see the team when they're away, and the the guys will leave us tickets, and we drive to Birmingham. And we'll we'll see a couple of games, and then we'll drive to Mississippi, and we'll see a couple of games. We go to Biloxi. I mean, we've we've been to about half the stadiums in uh, the Southern League, and we would have been doing. We we had them all planned out this year, but then with everything going on, we couldn't go. Which, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, when the the when they announced that you know they weren't going to have a minor league season, a lot of those guys uh, texted us or sent us messages, and uh, just to see if we were all right, and we we talked to them. So, so it's really neat. It's like an extended kids they're all 
you know, my oldest is 24 and I got a 23 year old and a 19 year old. So they're all in that range. And so it's just kind of like our extended kids. You know, there's very few things I think that someone can really pride themselves on to having been born and raised in Battle Creek, Michigan, but the Stan Musial World Series. I mean, that was just such a cool thing, man. And the kind of players that come through, you know, and, and it wasn't just the players that you see when they're young and they're going to make their way up, you know what I mean? But, but also the players that have been there for a long time and, and were really good, but just not, not good enough, right? And, and that they get to their prime and they're kind of at that place and then they're, they're out, right? And, but the, the way that the league treated them, and the way that they were paraded, you know, as a, a guy, I forget his first, it might be Rick Beck Sr. Uh, he was there and they, you know, people taking their caps off and stuff, you know, for him, because this is his last time. And uh, they they had the white caps. I worked for the, the Battle Creek Bombers for a while. So I worked for them and uh, I did that strictly so that I could go to this to the complex because it was it wasn't just one stadium. You'd have multiple different uh, mm-hmm. baseball baseball diamonds. And so you could go. And let's say, you know, you're, you're working, you know, making a handful of bucks, giving tickets out and stuff like that, uh, playing some games. But then you get to watch all the games. And, and if you know, if it's kind of a game that's not going too hot, you can walk around the complex. And there might be, you know, eight, ten different diamonds with games going on, ranging from traveling teams, high school teams, fast pitch softball, church league softball. And it was just so cool, man, to be able to go. And you can, you know navigate your way through and go to any of them and just yeah. just sit there in the stands and just watch it buy a dog man and just enjoy your day and i'll tell you you know mm-hmm. I, I lo- we love going to the the whitecaps game man we we love it the west michigan whitecaps are a really great team amazing stadium they always have really cool events there even even good bands that they come you know and do highlight stuff and everything yeah, my, my so, wife's actually at the stadium right now in jacksonville playing bingo her and my daughter went up to play bingo tonight because they, they don't have baseball. So we're going. We're going next week. We're going to Savannah, the Savannah Bananas, uh, which is an in, indie team, and they're actually they actually have a game. They actually started the season. So wow. it's, it's an all you can eat ticket for like eighteen bucks. You got to wear your mask, and mm-hmm. it's social distancing. They only sold out. They can only sell like twenty five percent of the seating, and I just got lucky and uh, snagged us a couple of tickets. I've been trying to get tickets for years. So yeah. we're actually going to go see baseball this year. So I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited about that. My wife's excited about going to Savannah, and I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wander around. We've been there before, but I want to go see. Now, uh, speaking of baseball, but but horror, um, Armand, I know you don't, you're not a big Stephen King fan, but uh, I would encourage you to read uh, Blockade Billy. I think that you would probably like it. So I've read uh, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Mm-hmm. I read that one because it's about the Red Sox. This is a baseball horror novella. Okay, it's um, I didn't like it, but I think that you would really like it a lot. I mean, it's all it's a hundred percent about a baseball about a player in particular who is doing some uh, crazy stuff out on the field. But yeah, I would definitely yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Always looking for yeah. new stuff to to read. Do you have anything new coming out? I know you're always writing something. Anything like new on the horizon? Uh, uh, Frozen and Ice just came out from Severed Press. Um, it's so new, I don't even have a, a print version of it yet. That came out uh, a couple weeks ago, and okay. it's kind of uh, it's it's basically my homage to the thing, and that's pretty. It's it's, it's a an alien crashes on Antarctica, and fun ensues. I don't know if you know who uh, Lee McGeorge is. 
lives in the UK and he has written a bunch of books, but he's written a couple books that are, um, he can't sell because he hasn't been given permission or whatever. So all of his, or a couple of these books, uh, they'll just say promo use only, not for sale. But he wrote a uh, really cool, if you can see it. Oh, yeah. It's the thing. But, <laughs> okay, I know, I know exactly who that is, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he wrote a video, a video drone one too. They're both great. And Dude, I haven't seen the thing. Yeah, next week, dude. That's the one. Is you've it really? Never, you've yeah. never seen that? Bro, you don't even know. You don't. Yeah. You don't. We, <laughs> we might as well spill it right now. We might as well spill it, dude. Just, just lay it out there, Chad. Just um, all the way. When we were doing our episode, <laughs> I've I've known Jeremiah for yeah. uh, twenty five, twenty six years, and I found out recently, mainly during and, and shortly thereafter, our episode with Jeremy Wagner, where Jeremiah confessed that he had never seen Jeremy's favorite movie, Jaws. And uh, Jeremy was a little freaked out by that. <laughs> so, so Jeremiah uh, vowed to watch it, and he did, and he put a little reaction video up uh, on the Paleo Cheese channel. And soon after, I jokingly said something on Twitter. I think I had mentioned something to Sadie Hartman, Mother Horror, because she she's not a huge fan of horror film, but she is. Uh, they freak her out. You know, she can read a scary book. It doesn't do much for her, but uh, something about uh, visceral things she's watching. She has a different type of reaction, I guess. But I, I said something about um, how, because I think she'd watched the thing. And I said, well, next up is Evil Dead. And Jeremiah had mentioned that he had never seen that. And I was just <laughs> like, dude, really? Because all of my friends yeah. have seen Evil Dead. I mean, it's been in my top five forever. I, I know the guy who did the uh, special effects. He lives 15 minutes away. I've had him over to my house a couple of times and for dinner and whatnot to talk evil dead. And so, and, and I'm not the only one in this town that has, you know, knows this guy and, and, and um, just, you know, I mean, we're from Michigan, you know, part of it was filmed in a couple different places in Michigan. Uh, one of, one of the place like right next door to us, right next door to battle Creek. And so it's like, how can you live in Michigan and not, you know, the guys went to Michigan state, you know, how can you live on this planet? And not- <laughs> yeah. Forget so, Michigan. At that point, I started thinking, and, and I, actually, I think I already mentioned it to you, Armand. We were going to go with a different direction where there's a couple reasons why Jeremiah hasn't seen these. One was his upbringing. It was just yeah. not something that they, um, I don't know if it was prohibited as much as it was just not there. I think that they had kind of the moment your son did with Hereditary. They saw Fortress and said, there's just nothing scarier than that movie. And so, no, <laughs> we're never watching any other horror movie again. No, I, they, we just didn't watch it. Like, I mean, there's, as I said, like, I think it's called The Fortress or Fortress. And when people look it up, they're going to probably find the wrong one. It's, it's like a 1970s or early 80s film. You know, these guys in Santa Claus masks and cat and dog masks. They surround a school up in a mountain and then they put the kids in this kind of cave and cover it up and it's really messed up man but i had i had nightmares from that i had nightmares and i had nightmares from that what is it man left not left behind uh the close enough uh the thief in the night series yeah i mean I, it's just i've just scared the crap out of me you know what i mean we're gonna start having a fortress segment for each episode <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Fortress, dude. It's every show. I mean, it just it stands out forever. But um, when I got older, I, I did watch some. And it's funny, man, because I'd never seen Evil Dead. I'd never seen Jaws. 
but I had seen Dead Alive with you. Yeah, with you showed me, and it's kind of like the mother of all nastiness, dude. I have yeah. seen it, and yet I haven't seen these other ones. But the other reason, dude, is I'm just straight up scared of a lot of stuff. I mean, for reals, like I'm <laughs> whether it's swimming in in deep water where you can't touch the bottom, or if you're in a lake and your feet do touch the bottom. You know, when I was a kid, I was scared of poisonous turtles. I, you know, a friend told me they were real, and I, I bought into it, or that there were like northern pike with piranha teeth in the in the freshwater lake that were going to get me or my favorite one that if i was swimming in a pool and it was dark and there was shade in that area that maybe jaws could come up through you know the, the filter at the bottom or whatever and but those were legit things that i was i was for real afraid of tornadoes lightning i hate it it's unpredictable darkness so there's so many things spiders you name it man and then recently Chad's wife talking about an ant in her ear, and man, I've been like freaking out of her sense. Yeah, man, anytime, yeah. any anytime I have a little bit of weird feeling, I'm like, oh no, bro. So I, the idea of just diving into horror films for me is cuckoo pants. I'm like, oh no, like oh the idea of that. Oh, I don't think so. I'll pass. I'll go watch Lollipop Kids over here. And so that's just been the way it's been. So yeah, for. That reason, and because, I mean, so much of my circle and, and the people that we hang out with, the people that we have on the show, you know, they're um, originally it was like, well, whatever genre you want to pick, because uh, I just love film, period. So we thought we'd uh, steer it toward horror. So this will be officially the, um, with the exception of some outlier episodes where we might dig into other stuff, but this is officially the last episode where we are, you know, very consciously trying to have like this cycle where we're doing different types as a matter of fact we even dropped uh florida project the idea of, of doing that episode yeah, which yeah. is one that i was really wanting to do so we're finishing off on this uh you know paleo cheese 1.0 with a type of movie that we haven't discussed uh documentary but before we do jeremiah have you been reading i know you're reading Paradise Sky still? You've been digging into that some more? Well, I, I was, but then I realized that I actually started a book before Paradise Sky. And because I, you know, when people come on, I try if I'm able to. And in that particular episode, you were insistent. You know, you got to read this, man. You've never read Lansdale at all. You got to do this. You got, there's a couple things you got to watch and something you got to read. So I got, you know, let's say 12, 13 chapters in to Paradise Sky. But I stopped reading a book so that I could read Paradise Sky. And the book that I stopped reading uh, was Halo of Flies by Chad Lutsky. So I went back and I bought it, man. I put, I put some loop into that, man. And I found the Leprechaun. And I bought that book. Super fancy, awesome hardcover book, limited edition, signed by my man. You know, super awesome art, original. You know, it's unique to that. And it's got four of the novellas that he's written. During the Sheets, uh, Skullface Boy, Wallflower. And Foster Home and Flies. I've read Foster Home already, and I, uh, Foster and Flies. So I've read that, and I've read Skullface Boy, but I had not read the other two. And I just, I gobbled them buggers up, man, this week, and absolutely loved it. Okay, so I was super pumped about that. But beyond that, I haven't been, I, I haven't read anything new for two reasons. Number one, I actually went out and I, I bought some more books. I bought Bird Box. Okay, which I'd been wanting to ever since we ever since we interviewed Mallerman, man. Like I've wanted to do that. And uh and I'm like, man, it's been like 
I think it was episode two. <laughs> so it's been a minute. So I, I finally, I finally got that. I got Drive In uh, One through Three by Lansdale, and then I got the the My Name Is Legion, the book from the desk in the movie Phantasm. Because I saw the I saw the book, you know, in in the movie, and I was like, "What is that book?" You know, I just I thought it was a cool looking cover to it. So I looked it up, and I was like, "Bro, I I think I'd read that thing." But the other reason why I haven't read anything is because you actually advised me. And I, I, I take your word on this, man. I believe you that, you know, because I'm writing this book, man. I'm, I'm coming down to the wire on this book. I'm super pumped. But I asked you some questions, man, about uh, showing, not telling, right, about when writing. And asked you a couple other questions as well. And you told me, you said, look, man, um, emphatically, in fact, you said, you need to put down every other book you're reading all the way. And you need to read exclusively, just read one book, and it's on writing by Stephen King. And just do it. Just get it and read it. And so we bought it. So it's coming. Okay. Now I need to I need to get the digital copy because I want to be able to read it before it gets here. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the reason why. So I don't want to I don't want to start anything because I only finished your book a couple days ago. Um, and they're both amazing, by the way. I won't go into great detail here. Maybe I can do something on my website about Chad's books. But they're amazing as always. And so that's that's what I've been reading, man. What have you been reading, Chad? A lot of the same old stuff. I, I've been mixing it up with a couple different things. I got some things that were sent to me to blurb. So I've been trying to slowly make some time for that. But yesterday I read my very first erotica short story, uh, with the exception of oh yeah, <laughs> the exception of of reading some penthouse form when when I was a child. I have never read erotica, and I am constantly toying around with the idea of exploring of writing under a pseudonym and and exploring other genres and it, there are certain things that i just know right away that i could uh write that you could like toy around and experiment with yes but i wanted to see kind of like well what how good are these what, what you know is it is there really an engaging story or whatever so i uh when i Biological Father passed away. I got all these books, and in them was a um, an anthology from '95. It's like the best of erotica. And all I all, all I really uh, will say is that if that's the best of erotica, um, erotica sucks. <laughs> the story was uh, it was real good. I was very bored. It was. Uh, I'm I'm gonna read another story. I could definitely write uh, erotica better than that. So that's that's really the only thing new that I guess maybe I've, I've um, pulled the trigger on. So what about yourself, Armand? Uh, I'm about, uh, I think I'm book seven or book eight in the uh, Dan Padovana Scarlet Bell series, this crime nice. thriller series. Absolutely love his stuff. Um, pretty much anything, especially with the switch now to more thriller stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really digging his stuff. And I, I read a lot of, like, I watch a lot of documentaries. I also read a ton of nonfiction. I just read uh, a book about Action Park, which was uh, up in New Jersey, a uh, amusement park up in New Jersey that as kids we went to. And they had so many lawsuits. It was just put together. I mean, it was it was, it was called, you know, they would call it uh, uh, Action Lawsuit Park. <laughs> and, uh, and and the book is really funny. It's from... It's from the, one of the you know the kids, his dad owned the park for many years, and all the uh, crazy things that they that they would do in the park, and uh, and it was great. So and I read that, and my wife 
at one point she's like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, because I remember, I remember the huge water slide and the women would come down so fast they would lose their tops or their bottoms. And as, <laughs> as a teenager, that was the greatest thing ever to stand there. You know, I'm like, I think I saw my first pair of boobs, you know, at Action Park. So um, but just a lot of, uh, I, I've read a, a lot of uh, stuff like that. And I'll read, I'll read biographies, even stuff that I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm necessarily not a huge fan of. I love uh, music biographies. I just read uh, Tom Petty, his biography. I read Freddie Mercury. I read another Freddie Mercury one. I've read probably like two or three Johnny Cash ones in the last couple months. So I like those. And I, I have a stack of writing books. So obviously I read on writing years ago, but I'll read any genre, like uh, how to write erotica, how to write a romance, how to write children's books. I actually have three books coming in the mail about uh, westerns how to write westerns or western slang or whatever so i try to expand and write in, in as many genres as possible and i like to read those books because you're always getting ideas and not necessarily maybe for that book you know i, I might read that western thing and i might go wait this this might work in a horror book you know you, mm -hmm. you kind of mix it around and stuff and um it's inspirational for me i mean any of those stories to read that stuff inspire me uh, it's the same with reading, you know, a book about, you know, a band that maybe I'm not really not even a fan of, but you, you go, wow, look at this journey of this musician or this, you know, a pro wrestler or it could be anybody. I mean, it's just entertaining. To me, those are always fun and it always kind of gets the creative juices flowing after I read something like that. There's definitely something to be said about exploring other genres to pull away from things because when you think about a, a lot of the most innovative stuff whether it be music or um, our film, a lot of these people who are almost like pioneers or just really standing out in their field, they didn't start with the genre that they created or, or excelled in. Like uh, I know Sam Raimi, first movie, he was Evil Dead, but he had done a whole bunch. I mean, he was a big Three Stooges fan. He liked comedies. And when I, I mentioned earlier about, Tom Sullivan coming over uh, a couple times uh, from Evil Dead, and he brought over all those old movies that him and Bruce used to make, and they were just little black and white short films, like slapstick comedy type stuff. Mm -hmm. And he makes a horror film that was is you know one of the most popular films ever made. Black Sabbath created their whole genre, and they weren't listening to metal and stuff like that. They were listening yeah. to jazz mm -hmm. and, and blues and stuff. I mean, there's Black Flags, another band that you know they weren't listening to really punk rock. It was just like you know, the, these different elements from, and then you form this thing that's brand new and fresh. And um, I think, uh, what's his name? Ari, or Astar, whatever, the guy from Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer. I think he's kind of done the same thing. I don't know that horror is necessarily his thing, but um, you can take it as a different approach. Back to Black Sabbath being a good example. Once they kind of already found their sound and started doing their things, their later albums sound like another band trying to sound like them. Right. So it's like they lost that thing. And now it's like, what do we sound? Oh yeah, that's right. We're heavy metal. So let's sound like a heavy metal band. And that's all they did was sound like a heavy metal band. There was no more like cool, weird psychedelic ballads and, and other strange experimental things going on or, or the, the riffs weren't quite as doomy and creative and it, they just sounded more like um what other people were trying to sound like so you can you can lose that too but yeah that's that's great that you're 
every writer should or creator should be digging into all kinds of genres. It's good yeah. to be diverse like that. I, I, my, the wife and I just finished a couple weeks ago. We finished Ozark and Better Call Saul, and so we were looking. And then before that, we finished the second season of Dead to Me. Um, all three of those shows, super good. And I've got this thing with my wife where it's like I'm, I'm trying to get her to watch The Sopranos, and she won't do it. I don't, uh. I don't like I don't like that mob stuff. And I keep reminding her there have been countless shows that I. I don't force her to watch, but I would egg her on. I was like, uh, come on, you know, watch this with me and, and you're going to like it because she gets real closed minded sometimes. And then next thing you know, it's her favorite show ever. Way back in the day, I did it with NYPD Blue, where that whole shaky yeah. cam, or that unsteady yeah. cam thing was brand new. And she's like, how can you watch this show? It's making me sick. And I was like, uh, I was like, I don't know. It's different. It kind of makes it look realistic. And then she we'd catch an episode or so and then we just ended up watching it all together same with the shield and then some other shows but, but i i like to remind her so many times where i would watch something and i i know when to point her towards something and when not like i'm not going to say hey i think you'd like uh, or i love twin peaks go watch twin peaks she's not going to like that right. it's just too out there for her um but the sopranos has been an ongoing battle for years because i i saw the whole thing you know years ago and i'd like to rewatch it so i've been trying to get her to watch it man and and she's just not she's not interested in uh i, I don't know how to uh we've got this thing where it's like a three or four episode rule where we're watching something new and then it's like if you just got done watching like let's say i don't know dexter and you're just like or breaking bad and you're just like that was phenomenal it was one of my favorite shows ever whatever you start next is probably going to suffer that first episode or two, because you just, you miss these other characters you miss this other show. And now this show has some shoes to fill. You've got characters you're not familiar with yet. And so you need to, you know, give it some time. So if we're on the fence by the third episode, and we're not quite not sure, then we'll go to the fourth. And after the fourth, you usually fall right in. But she, she's like, uh, she's not allowing that rule for Sopranos. And I'm bummed out about it. You got, you got to kind of ease ease her into it. Turn you got to explain to her that the Sopranos is is it's a family. It's 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 not about a mob necessarily. It's about him being a father and yeah. her being a wife and the kids and the dynamic. And it's it's a, it's a family drama that happens to have you know mob stuff. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that too with the three three episodes and 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 we're done. But we've been binge watching stuff like crazy lately Bosch, which we had never watched the you know it's uh, michael conley so i've read most of the books i mean there's like 24 25 in that series oh. um and it was it was interesting because he wrote it he started them years ago so it's uh you know he's a vietnam vet in that so obviously they they updated it we watched that and my wife uh we both loved that one and we watched all the harlan coben netflix ones uh, we just mm -hmm. watched The Woods the other night. That was pretty good. Um, and, you know, we watched a lot. Of, we watched Ozark. We loved Ozark. And we watched, you know, we, we had never seen The Wire. And uh, so we watched, we binge watched all six seasons of that and uh, and really loved that. And it's funny watching a show like that that came on first season 2002 because you're like, oh, that's the guy from Happen Leonard. That's the guy from, yeah, the, yeah. That's the guy. you know, you start you start pointing and, and going, uh, 
right. where all these people you you haven't seen in a long time. So, but we we watch. So my wife watches Investigation Discovery Channel. It's on every night, every show. She loves seeing people killing other people. Um, and, and so we, like that's literally what we'll watch. But now we've started to like binge watch stuff as well. So and I'll sneak in like not now, but I used to sneak in like MLB Network if a game was on. She'd let me watch game and uh, and stuff like that. But I, she won't watch documentaries with me, and she won't watch anything sci-fi. She just and she hates UFOs. So she's like like Project Blue Book. She's like you're on your own on that. Ancient Aliens, you're on your own. Like she'll watch uh, Expedition Unknown. She'll watch that with me only because she likes Josh Gates. She likes the guy who uh, who does. She likes to see his goofy stuff. But and then like we'll watch stuff like um, Impractical Jokers. You know, because mm-hmm. my thing is I don't want to go to bed after watching an Investigation Discovery show. Yeah. Like I go to bed by midnight. I don't want to watch somebody killing their husband or their wife. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna feel like I'm in a mood then, you know? Yeah. And I'll have weird dreams and I'm like, let's watch something fun for like the last hour, then you can watch this. Family guy. Yeah. So so we watch Impractical Jokers and uh like stuff like that, and she's always like, Oh my god, like these guys are and I'm like, That's us growing up. I mean, they're Staten Island guys, but that's like Jersey, us, mm-hmm. you know, busting each other's chops growing up. So it's I, I I always like to have that. Um when we first started dating she was very worried because she doesn't watch horror movies at all. And she, she grew up uh, kind of like Jeremiah where they didn't have it in the house. Like her, her dad, I mean, her dad's a minister, so they didn't have any of that to begin with, but it was all John Wayne or like Elvis movies, you know, like they were like yeah. the seventies and eighties just, just yeah. gone, you know, like there, there no, nothing existed in those 20 years. Mm-hmm. So for her, like when you bring up Jaws or you bring up Alien or you bring up, I, you know, she had never seen The Princess Bride. And I'm like, are you serious? We got to watch The Princess Bride. Like so many movies that she's never seen. Um, but she's like, I won't watch sci-fi and I won't watch horror. So when we started dating, she was she was like, oh, I, I just got to let you know, I will not go to a horror movie with you. I, we, I, I won't watch it, you know, any of that. And I'm like, I haven't watched a horror movie in like 10 years. I said, I'm going to be honest. If you give me a Jennifer Aniston romantic uh, comedy, I'm all I'm all in. I said you you want to put beaches on, I'm in. But I'm not watching Sen- Human Centipede and all that stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Of all the ones to pick, man, you pick that one. <laughs> it's hilarious you mentioned Princess Bride because I just watched that two nights ago with my kids, and they'd never yeah. seen it. And my 13-year-old, you know, he kind of does, you know, the same thing Chad was saying his wife does, where he's like, oh, well, that's stupid. And I, I always remind him, I'm like, bro, name the last movie that I showed you, that when you were done, you went, oh, man, that wasn't worth it. Because he doesn't mm-hmm. have any. So so far, I'm lucky so far. But he, we watched Princess Bride. Dude was the only guy up with me the whole night long. Everybody <laughs> else just fell asleep. Oh, no, not him. And at the end, yeah. you're like, that was a really great movie. I'm like, yes, I know uh, it is. And I understand the whole the whole thing about at night watching stuff it isn't scary, you know, or isn't isn't messed up, you know, because I, I enjoy watching messed up stuff too. We'll we'll watch at night, you know. This week we watched uh, Greg the Bunny, right? I don't know if you guys remember that show. I remember that. Yeah, Eugene Levy and stuff like that. Um, and we used to watch that show just for laughs. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't know where they recorded that. Somewhere I think in Europe, um, because it's they don't actually you don't hear them. You just hear the the gag reel you know <laughs> laughing the laugh track 
and everything, but it's always pranks and kind of really mm. funny. Ones. Uh, this week we watched uh, two things that were a little bit different. We watched Daddy's Home, and I, I didn't want to watch it. That was one that I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to watch that. It's it's Will Ferrell and Wahlberg and John Cena's in it and stuff. Oh, I remember I, that, yeah. Yeah, but I watched it. And, dude, I got to admit, man, I, now the second one I can't vouch for. I, I watched that, and I, it had funny parts, but it wasn't – the first one was just, in my opinion, superior. You know, it was at least much better. But that was actually kind of a pleasant surprise, man. I chuckled a lot more than I thought I would you know, watching that movie, and I should have known better, I guess. But it was kind of fun. And uh, and then we watched – we were going through different shows, shows that had cool cars, and I ended up stumbling on Dukes of Hazard. And I watched an episode of that. I hadn't seen an episode. I hadn't seen. That's ironic. I know. I hadn't. I hadn't seen anything with the Dukes of Hazard, man, since I was like ten. You know, I think I saw it. Like you know, I'd, I'd be at my grandma's house watching Murder She Wrote and flipping through the channels, and all of a sudden the Dukes are on somewhere, you know. And uh, but I saw it, and I just I said, "Oh man, look at those guys! Never <laughs> meaning no harm," you know. And so we watched that. But uh, yeah, it's, so it's been a different week because normally, and, and one more thing. My kids, man, I told you, you know, that some movies, I said before on the show, there are some movies that, that we talk about that have scenes in them that would be inappropriate for children, right? On a sexual scale, right? And I, I didn't know this, but IMDb actually has a list of non-sexual horror movies. I didn't know that. And so now I do, and it has a, a nice list of them. It's like, oh, so there you go. And, oh, they replaced that with, like, extreme terror. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, that's pretty scary for kids. Um, but Phantasm. And I said, I'm skipping over the scenes. There was two of them, you know, that, that show some skin. And I knew right where they were. Flipped over that. And the kids watched it. And it didn't freak them out at all. They, there was suspense. But they loved the characters. They thought it was super, they, the, the car, that's what got us started on it, was that that car, man. Uh, the, the, the Cuda, man, that's the most badass car, dude, ever. And but they loved it. They loved the, the bad guy, the little finger with the yellow blood and stuff. And they just, you know, e even the scene, they knew it was fake. It's funny because the one scene, it's like really, you know, lots of blood and stuff. And I can imagine some. Uh, puritanical folks being like, "Hey, uh, there's that scene in there with this," and it's like, "Dude, my kids are like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty fake." I think they used a hose for that. <laughs> I said they did actually use a hose, but but they but they thought it was awesome, all the different stuff. And when they were done, uh, the one that didn't want to watch it, Ambrose, he was like, "Are there more of those ones?" <laughs> every time, man, every time. So that that's been my week of of watching. Was it, was he like, Dad? How come I can't drive and drink beer? Yes, well, because he turned, because he was, uh, he was, well, I don't know how old he was in the movie. 12? Uh, yeah, 12 years old. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, like, 12 years old or 13 or something like that. He's fixing cars dangerously, right? I mean, that's, like, a yeah. perfect example of how not to put a car up on a, a jack. Um, but, but they, uh, yeah, the driving the car, they're like, that'd be, like, Athanasius driving the car. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I don't think Athens could touch the pedal, man. He's like, <laughs> it's pretty pretty little. He'd be playing one of those little guys in the costumes in the movie, you know, and drinking beer. They were like, "Was that legal back then?" I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I don't know." But they all they loved the end too. The idea that it was a dream, and and they even, they even figured it out a little bit, you know, thinking this is because you know this is like the dream of of somebody who's going through a hard time because they lost family members. 
and and that this is telling that story. And I'm like, you guys are pretty pretty smart. <laughs> I should maybe have a show on Project Entertainment Network. <laughs> like, you got you got to have your own podcast or something. But it, it was really cool to watch that because it's not super scary. But it has iconic people, and they're like, "Man, the tall man, man, whoa!" And so now it was just—it was a cool, it was a cool deal, man. So that—that's been my week, dude. Well, yeah, but have they seen Rocky? And if because uh, it's a yeah. dangerous show to watch when you're a kid, it could take over yeah. your whole life. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's an understatement, bro. This is like another level, dude. The movie we're talking about here is a whole yeah. another level, man. Let's get into it, man. All right, dude, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs>